Welcome to the Verse by Verse podcast, a ministry of the Friendship Congregational Bible Church. I'm Richard Church, the teacher on Verse by Verse, and I'm glad you've joined with us today as we study together God's infallible word, verse by verse. We're going to spend some time in the book of Daniel again today. Last time we were looking at the person of the Antichrist, and uh, we saw how the passage there in Daniel 11 uh, especially described that, that individual and some of the things that lead to his rise to power. Uh, it describes as well then things that he did as, again, in that position as the Antichrist. And realize that, that those events are taking place during a period of time in the Bible. In some passages, it's referred to as the tribulation. Uh, it's referred to as the time of Jacob's trouble. But it is a, a period that probably as far as actually defining a, a period of time, as in a, a period of years, there's probably more passages that refer to that specific period of time by you know by its length of time than than maybe any other um, that period of seven years and and we're going to see over and over again in these passages that that's the the period of time of this time called the tribulation that uh, especially in the books of Daniel and Revelation the the length of that period of time is made clear now we're going to start in Daniel chapter 9 Today, This is a passage we've looked at previously in our study. And uh, Daniel chapter 9, verse 24, is a prophecy of a period of time. And it says in Daniel 9, 24, that 70 weeks are determined upon thy people and upon thy holy city to finish the transgression, to make an end of sins, to make reconciliation for iniquity, to bring in everlasting righteousness, and to seal up the vision and prophecy, and to anoint the most holy. This period of 70 weeks, when you get to the end of the 70 weeks, all these things are fulfilled, right? Um, the, the, uh, The most holy is anointed. Vision and prophecy are sealed up. Everlasting righteousness is brought in. There's reconciliation for iniquity. There's an end of sins. There's a finish of transgressions. Notice that it's a time period that's determined as the angel is speaking here to Daniel. He says, upon thy people, which is Israel, and upon thy holy city, which is Jerusalem. And this period of time deals with them. And that, that period of time, it says, it calls it 70 weeks. Now, the term week, we, when we use that word week, we're talking usually about a group of seven days, right? A week is seven days. But the, the term as it's used here really just means a group of seven. And actually what it's describing here is a, a group of seven years. Now, you see there's 70 weeks So 70 times 7 years is a period of 490 years that are described in this passage. Now, 
the angel's going to break it down more for, for Daniel. He says, Know therefore and understand that from the going forth of the commandment to restore and to build Jerusalem unto the Messiah the Prince shall be seven weeks and threescore and two weeks. The street shall be built again and the wall even in troublous times. And after threescore and two weeks shall Messiah be cut off, but not for himself. And the people of the prince that shall come shall destroy the city and the sanctuary, and the end thereof shall be with a flood, and unto the end of the war desolations are determined. Now, there it kind of breaks up that 490 years. It says that that uh, it gives you the starting point of the timeline there, which is the going forth of the commandment to restore and to build Jerusalem. And that's a, a commandment that you can see back in the book of Nehemiah. It's, it's uh, recorded there. Um, in fact, if you want to do all the math, you can figure out the, the dates and, and things here. But... Uh, I know that uh, one one person calculated the date of the beginning of that as as March fourteenth, four forty five B.C. is uh, one date that's that's often used for that going forth of the commandment. But uh, you see, it says there's going to be a, a period from the going forth of the commandment uh, to restore and to build Jerusalem unto. The Messiah, the Prince, and it says that period shall be seven weeks and three score and two weeks. Now, a score in the Bible is 20, so you got to do a little math here, right? I know you thought when you got out of school you never had to do math again, but here you got to do some math. You got to know math to study the Bible, right? Most, most people wouldn't think you'd need to know math to do that, but 20 times three is 60, right? Three score and two would be 62, and seven and three score and two would be 69. So out of the 70 weeks, there's 69 weeks up to the coming of Messiah the Prince. Uh, it talks about the rebuilding of the city there. It says the street shall be built again and the wall even in troublous times. It says that after three score and two weeks shall Messiah be cut off. Now, the, again, if you, you know, if you want to do all that math and figure out all the dates, the, that, that 69 weeks was fulfilled on the day that Christ entered into Jerusalem, what's often called Palm Sunday and the triumphal entry. Uh, that was the exact fulfillment of these 69 weeks here. But you see, there's one week left. And, and there's a gap, even in this passage, there's a gap between the end of the 69th week and the beginning of the 70th week. The 69th week is fulfilled at the coming of Messiah the Prince when he enters there into Jerusalem. But it says in verse 26 that after three score and two weeks, sometime after that, Messiah shall be cut off. Now, uh, in the fulfillment of that, it was just a few days later after the fulfillment of that 69th week that Jesus Christ was crucified on the cross of Calvary. It said that he would be cut off, but not for himself. Jesus Christ didn't die for his own sins. He didn't die for, for his own sake, but rather he died for others. Rather, he died for the, the sins of the world. 
Uh, and, it, and then it says there's kind of a jump then from verse 26, or, or really at where that colon is, if you're using the King James Bible. There's a colon after the word himself. And then it says, the people of the prince that shall come shall destroy the city and the sanctuary. And um, that's not an, an immediate thing. That didn't happen immediately after Christ's crucifixion. Um, in fact, some people would, would say that that is a reference to what happened in the year 70 A.D. when, um, when uh, Jerusalem was destroyed by the Romans, by Titus Vespasian. But uh, it seems to be, it calls it the people of the prince that shall come. And the prince that shall come is a reference to that person of the Antichrist that we were looking at last time. Uh, it says that the people of the prince that shall come shall destroy the city and the sanctuary. The end thereof shall be with a flood. And we saw in Daniel 11 last time how that Antichrist early in, in his reign is associated with a flood. And it talks about the arms of a flood and people being overthrown before him. In fact, in the book of Revelation, it also describes a flood there associated with this, this Antichrist. But it says that the end thereof shall be with a flood unto the end of the war. Desolations are determined. And verse 27 says, and he. Now the he is that prince that shall come. The he is that Antichrist that we talked about last time. It says, he shall confirm the covenant with many for one week. For that last period of seven years, that last unfulfilled period of these 70 weeks, it says, he, that prince that shall come, will confirm the covenant with many for that one week. And so, since there's a gap in the timeline, there's a gap between the crucifixion of Christ and uh, this confirming of the covenant, this then becomes the, the next event that tells you when the timeline starts again. And so this period of, of seven years, and we're going to look at it in, in various passages, but this period of seven years begins with the confirmation of the covenant. Now it doesn't say that he makes a covenant, in, in, that he makes a new agreement or a new contract with them but rather that he confirms the covenant. You confirm something that's already existing. And because it says, if you read all of verse 27, it says he shall confirm the covenant with many for one week, and in the midst of the week he shall cause the sacrifice and the oblation to cease. And for the overspreading of abominations he shall make it desolate, even until the consummation, and that determined shall be poured upon the desolate. Now, because it says in the midst of the week he'll cause the sacrifice and the oblation to cease, the covenant that he confirms seems to have to do with sacrifice and oblation. Um, a renewed worship there at Jerusalem. Uh, remember we saw in Thessalonians how it said that he as God sitteth in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. Now, the, there is no Jewish temple in Jerusalem today. The site of the Jewish temple actually is, is uh, occupied by, by several uh, Muslim mosques. 
In fact, the, you know, in, in Islam, the most holy site in the world is Mecca, which is in Saudi Arabia. But the second and third, what they, re, what they, they consider to be holy sites, are there on the Temple Mount, the Dome of the Rock Mosque and the Al-Aqsa Mosque. There is no Jewish temple there. And uh, in fact, Jewish people even are very limited in their ability to, to even go there to the Temple Mount. You know, if you go there as a tourist, you can, you can go up there on the Temple Mount. But uh, if you remember, several years ago, the Jewish prime minister just visited the Temple Mount, and it, there had been kind of a, an unsteady uh, ceasefire between the Jews and the Palestinians, and just him visiting that Temple Mount meant hostilities broke out again. And uh, it's, a, it's a place of great tension uh, because, again, because the Muslims consider it a, a holy site. It's, it's under Palestinian control. It's, uh, you know, it's not, it, it's a part of that Palestinian authority there. But you see that these passages require that there will once again be a temple there on that temple mount. And it, whether that temple is, is rebuilt there before the Antichrist comes on the scene or whether it's a part of this confirming the covenant that it describes here, the confirming the covenant seems to have to do with a resumption of the animal sacrifices of the Old Testament law. But you see that halfway through that period, when it says in the midst of the week, he causes the sacrifice and the oblation to cease. Now, we saw that described in Daniel 11 last week. It also talked about taking away the sacrifice. And, and it uh, describes in, in uh, other passages how at that time, that's where he comes in and sits down in the temple, and he requires people to worship him as God. He doesn't end with, with those sacrifices you know, those Old Testament sacrifices, and he requires people to worship him. And uh, this is also where uh, various passages here in Daniel describe something called the abomination of desolation. Uh, In fact, you see those words used various times right here in this passage. Uh, You see at the end of verse 26, it says, until the end of the war, desolations are determined. Um, at the end, of, or about the middle of verse 27, after it says that he causes the sacrifice and the oblation to cease, it says, for the overspreading of abominations, he shall make it desolate, even until the consummation and that determined shall be poured upon the desolate. This period of, of seven years, uh, just commonly referred to as the tribulation, can, can really be divided up into two halves. And so you have things that take place in the first half of the tribulation. There are several events that take place right at the middle of the tribulation period. And then you have things that take place in the the last half of that period. And in fact, these, these two halves of that seven years, half of seven years would be three and a half years, are described in, in various passages in Daniel and Revelation. Now, if you're going to refer to a period of three and a half years, there's various ways that you could refer to it. Um, here it refers to the midst of the week, which would be in the middle of the seven or, or you know, halfway through the seven years. If you wanted to refer to it in months, it would be 42 months. 
right? That would be three and a half years, 12 months in a year times three would be 36 plus, plus another six would be 42 months. Um, you, you could also refer to it, uh, one way that that period of time is referred to in the Bible as, is as 1260 days. Now, if you do the math on that, it may not work out exactly, but that's because the Bible in prophecy uses a 360-day year. In fact, it's likely that the original year, before the various cataclysms that took place on the earth, the flood and other things, was probably a 360-day year, 12 months of 30 days each. Um, and, and, you know... Uh, because of various things that, various judgments that God has wrought on the earth, uh, that's that's off a little bit. In fact, when you when you observe how the earth moves through the heavens, you know the earth wobbles. You don't you don't really see that with other planets and things. But that's because most likely because of uh, you know various various uh, judgments like the flood that God brought on the earth. But uh, so, so our year, our, our solar year, when you mark it by the sun, is a little bit off from that. But the prophetic year is a, is a year of 360 days. And if you take 360 days times three and a half, you're going to get 1,260 days. All right? And um, so you have these various ways of, of referring to this period of time. Go back to Daniel chapter 7. Daniel chapter 7. Here Daniel sees a vision of these various beasts. Okay, and these beasts represent kingdoms. Many, most of the visions that, that appear in the book of Daniel represent kingdoms in some way. Because Israel had gone into this period of time that, that uh, is... is called the times of the Gentiles, where they were under Gentile rule, and there were going to be these progressions of Gentile empires that would arise, and there's these Gentile kingdoms described. Now, what Daniel sees here in the vision is he sees these various beasts, and we're not going to read the whole vision, but we want to see the interpretation of the fourth beast that Daniel saw in verse 23. It says, thus he said, the Fourth beast shall be the fourth kingdom upon the earth, which shall be diverse from all kingdoms, and shall devour the whole earth, and shall tread it down and break it in pieces. And the ten horns out of this kingdom are ten kings that shall arise, and another shall rise after them, and he shall be diverse from the first, and shall subdue three kings. Now, this kingdom that is described as the beast here is, becomes the kingdom of the Antichrist. The Antichrist specifically is the little horn, this little horn that, that uh, comes up among them and begins to subdue. He subdues three out of those ten kings. Verse 25, it says, He shall speak great words against the Most High and shall wear out the saints of the Most High. Remember in those passages we looked at last week about the Antichrist, how over and over again it mentioned his mouth speaking great things. And here he speaks great things against the Most High God and against the saints of the Most High. It says that he shall think to change times and laws, and they shall be given into his hand until a time and times 
and the dividing of time. Now, this is another way that this period of time or that half of that tribulation period is referred to. Time should be one plus times. You add two to that and then the dividing of time and you get that three and a half again. Now, this is referring to that last three and a half years of the tribulation period. Uh, It's that time, especially, where there's going to be great persecution against the saints, uh, where the, the, that kingdom of the Antichrist almost becomes monolithic in that um, halfway through that tribulation period is where it says the whole world worshipped the beast. And uh, you see that, that uh, here it says they're going to be given into his hand until a time and times and the dividing of time. Verse 26 says, but the judgment shall sit and they shall take away his dominion to consume and to destroy it unto the end. And the kingdom and dominion and the greatness of the kingdom under the whole heaven shall be given to the people of the saints of the Most High, whose kingdom is an everlasting kingdom, and all dominions shall serve and obey him. Now at the end of this period of seven years is where you have the return of Christ, the second coming of Christ. And you see at his second coming, he establishes a kingdom here that is given to the people of the saints of the Most High. And we're going to look at that kingdom in more detail in a, in a future message. But so you see what the key events here are with regard to this period of seven years. It begins with the confirmation of the covenants. All right. The, the first three and a half years of that period are, are largely setting things up for the last half. Uh, that's where many of those events we looked at last time in Daniel 11 are taking place, where the Antichrist is consolidating his power and, and overthrowing other nations and that kind of thing. Halfway through the tribulation period is where you have several key events that take place. That's where he causes the, uh, he causes the sacrifice and oblation to cease. It's where the abomination of desolation is set up. It is where, um, you see, from that time, it says that they're given into his hand for that last half of the tribulation period. Um, It's also, at at that time, some of the things we looked at last week, where uh, it talked about his head being wounded unto death, and that the deadly wound was healed. And he gets that great power from the dragon, from Satan himself. Those are the things that take place in the middle of that week. It is the healing of that wound that causes the world to wonder and to worship him as God. And then that's where he sits as God in the temple. And so that's at the middle of that tribulation period. Throughout that last half of the tribulation period is where you see most of the um, you know, most of the, the very severe things, the, the judgments and things that God pours out on the earth, as well as the persecution against the saints, that's primarily in that last half of the tribulation period. And at the end of those seven years is the, the return of Christ, the second coming of Christ. Go to another passage in Daniel. Go to J- Daniel chapter 12. Here we'll say, see the same period of time described again. Now, last time we looked at Daniel chapter 11, and I'm not sure if we, if we 
really talked about the very last verses there of Daniel chapter 11. But um, if, you notice, if you notice in Daniel 11, uh, maybe just point out a couple of things to, to remind you. Um, if you see like in Daniel 11 verse 37, speaking of the Antichrist, it says, Neither shall he regard the God of his fathers, nor the desire of women, nor regard any God, for he shall magnify himself above all. But in his estate shall he honor the God of forces and a God whom his fathers knew not. Shall he honor with gold and silver and with precious stones and pleasant things. You see, uh, he in private really worships Satan himself. In public, he presents himself as being God. But in private, he worships this God of forces. If you, um, if you go back to uh, verse... verse uh, 30, for instance, Daniel chapter 11, verse 30, uh, it says, For the, the ships of Chittim shall come against him, therefore he shall be grieved and return, and notice, have indignation against the holy covenant. So shall he do, he shall even return and have intelligence with them that forsake the holy covenant. And there's a, there's a description of uh, him forsaking that covenant that previously he had confirmed. And and anyway, you see those kinds of things throughout the passage there. Uh, If you come down to to chapter 12 then, verse 1, it says, At that time shall Michael stand up the great prince which standeth for the children of thy people, and there shall be a time of trouble. Uh, The word tribulation, by the way, just means trouble. It's just another word for trouble. And here it says there will be a time of trouble such as never was since there was a nation, even to that same time. And at that time thy people shall be delivered, everyone that shall be found written in the book. And many of them that sleep in the dust of the earth shall awake, some to everlasting life, some to shame and everlasting contempt. And they that be wise shall shine as the brightness of the firmament, and they that turn many to righteousness as the stars forever and ever. And there you have at the end of those things that that kingdom established. When it talks about Michael standing up there in chapter 12, we're going to see uh, Revelation describes the same thing. But uh, come come down to verse... um, Come down to verse 7. Daniel sees these men, really these angels here. And he says, I heard the man clothed in linen, which was upon the waters of the river, when he held up his right hand and his left hand unto heaven, and swear by him that liveth forever, that it shall be, notice what he says, for a time, times, and an half. Now he's talking about that time of trouble, that great tribulation. That time of trouble such as never was on the earth, that last half of the tribulation period. And he says it'll be for time, times, and a half. And when he shall have accomplished to, to scatter the power of the holy people, all these things shall be finished. And I heard, but I understood not. Then said I, O my Lord, what shall be the end of these things? 
And he said, Go thy way, Daniel, for the words are closed up and sealed till the time of the end. Many shall be purified and made white and tried, but the wicked shall do wickedly, and none of the wicked shall understand, but the wise shall understand. And from the time that the daily sacrifice shall be taken away, and the abomination that maketh desolate set up, there shall be a thousand two hundred and ninety days. Now notice that's just one month longer than the than the one thousand two hundred and sixty days. Okay? That's that's uh, would be three and a half years plus one month. Um, now it doesn't tell you exactly what happens that you know that one month later. There's other passages that talk about this, you know, this three and a half years. But you see, uh, it it places the time that that daily sacrifice is taken away as a as a, a starting point for this period of 1,290 days, just past that three and a half year period. Hi, I'm Richard Church, the teacher here on Verse by Verse. I'm glad you've listened to our podcast today, and I would like to let you know that if you have any questions about anything you've heard here, you can contact me by email at richard at richardchurch.com or by telephone 608-339-9522. I also encourage you to check out our church website at www.friendshipbiblechurch.com. Thank you for joining us today, and our prayer is that this program would be a blessing to you in helping you to grow in your understanding of God's grace.